Hello there, this is Sarah Ashley with Nerds on Film. Are you tired of walking around topless? Well, I know I am. That's why I went to Nerdonomy.com and purchased one of the many humorous t-shirts that we have to offer. Not only does it support our new media endeavor, but it also keeps me from being arrested. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Nerds on Film with Brian Moriarty, David McGuire, and Sarah Ashley. So did you guys hear about this petition that some people put out on the internet to get um, the White House to build the Death Star? Shut up. Yeah, I got really? like something like 35,000 signatures on it. What? All these like nerds out there really wanted um, the president to build a Death Star. And uh, the cool part is, is that... The White House actually responded to it. Shut up, really? Yeah, yeah. so they, they sent it to the White House, and a man named Paul Shawcross, who is the chief of the White House Office of Management and Budget Science and Space Branch, um, actually wrote that back to fake. them. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I don't believe that guy exists. Paul Shawcross. Anyway. If so you play he, that backwards, it actually says Paul is dead. <laughs> but he ended up like actually writing a pretty um, pretty awesome response to it. I'm just going to kind of read the highlights of the letter for you guys. It says, uh, This isn't the petition response you're looking for. The administration shares your desire for job creation and a strong national defense, but a Death Star isn't on the horizon. Boom. Here are a few reasons. The construction of the Death Star has been estimated to cost more than $850 quadrillion dollars. Wow, they actually had somebody crunch the numbers Apparently on that? Apparently they calculated it. <laughs> it says, we're working hard to reduce the deficit, not expand it. Fair enough. Uh, the administration does not support blowing up planets. <laughs> Only the bad ones. <laughs> and why would we spend countless taxpayer dollars on a Death Star with a fundamental flaw that can be exploited by a one-man starship? Time out. You just put a piece of plywood over the hole, you're fine. Right. Well, uh, that's pretty solid logic, though, as to why <laughs> well, they shouldn't like build Like we say, if, if cost is no object. Yes. We can have it fixed by tomorrow. Otherwise, yeah. we need to get an estimate. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so he kind of talks a lot about uh, about what we do have, um, you know, robot science labs wielding lasers on Mars and a giant space station. and That's not a moon. That's right. a space station. <laughs> He kind of also tosses in, like, Star Wars references throughout the whole thing. He says, even though the United States doesn't have anything that can do the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs, we've got two spacecraft leaving the solar system, and we're building a probe that will fly into the exterior layers of the sun. This just speaks to the sense of humor that the Obama administration has. That, yeah. Because in some other past presidents, this wouldn't have even garnered a response, but I think the fact that they responded to it was pretty what awesome. If you find out that this guy, the writer of this article, actually doesn't work for the Obama administration, just some dude in the thing, he's like, guys... Guys, seriously, we cannot do this, and here's why. And then he lists the reasons. Right. <laughs> Sean well, cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> he does kind of go on, and he, he spends a lot of time, uh, aside from making Star Wars jokes, he encourages people to go into um, science, technology, engineering, and math-related fields, and says that if you guys do that, the Force will be with us. So <laughs> he had a lot of fun writing that, and I thought it was really cool. So you guys should go um, go online, look it up, check it out. It's uh, It's pretty funny. And not the first time that the Obama administration's been been humorous. There was a another time, like back in um, Obama's first term, when people were getting on his case about the birth certificate. And Are you about the video that he made? Yeah. Yes. So he, uh, where he was like doing the press conference dinner, and like Donald Trump was there, and this was like right when Donald Trump was like, "We need to see your birth certificate." Da, da, da. And he's and Obama's like, "Well, you know, I'm going to do one better." 
here's actually my birth video. And they show the opening sequence to Lion <laughs> King of like Rafiki holding <laughs> That's great. And even better, that was going on while the uh, SEAL Team 6 operation was yeah. going in and yeah. or getting ready to kill Bin Laden. So, Oy. funny thing about that, huh? And the mood's cute. But anyway, so um, yeah, go check that out. That was awesome. That was really fun. Where did you find that? Um, I found it on Ain't It Cool News dot com, but it's been all over the internet. Gotcha. Paul Shawcross letter. Right. Check it out, Death nerds. Star petition. Google. <laughs> <laughs> Instructions Yahoo. to use the internet by Sarah. <laughs> Alta Vista. <laughs> see, see, sound guy remembers Alta Vista. No one else does except for me. That's because you're eighty. And with that, welcome to Nerds on Film, everybody. I'm Brian Moriarty. I'm Dave McGuire. And I'm Sarah Ashley. So, guys. Yes, Brian. Lots of interesting things have happened this week. Oh, my God, had they gone off this week. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. The least to be said, of course, would be about the Academy Award nominations, but we'll get to those in a second. We will. We have some uh, fan input we have to to read out. What's the, uh, what did we do last time? You did something that was like feedback or... Fan feedback. It's the feedback, yeah. Yeah. We'll have to work on that. If we could, if we could turn that into an actual sound clip, that would be great. Yeah, we need to come up with something really cute for that. Um, anyway, so why don't you, uh, why don't you lay the feedback on us? Yeah. So I'm gonna go in order of when they came in. So first off, we were graced on our Facebook page by a fan by the name of Hillary, and uh, I'll omit her for her last name just because. Yeah, but Hillary, you know, you know who you are. Hillary has been listening to us since episode two. Yeah. Thank you very She's much. She's been Hillary. a long devoted really, fan yeah, really of both podcasts, it. of both the film and history. That's awesome. Yes. Thank you so much for your. We're um, better. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh oh. <laughs> Sound guy just. Got this very ambiguous face of. But we I think re- his face was reading as I don't know what to do in this situation. But we really do appreciate your your loyalty and the fact that you've been listening to us every every episode, and uh, we thank you so much for that. And last week's no, the week before when we talked about time travel, um, we had gotten into a bit of a debate about Harry Potter and the Time Turner. Right. And I had made mention that it played a vital role in the seventh book. Oh yeah, and because we we were talking about time travel devices, and um, mm-hmm. actually Brian, you said that that was your your favorite. Time that was my favorite device. one. Yes. And um, Hillary had a correction for me. She said, "Hey guys, I'm listening to your latest podcast, and David mentioned Time Turners in the seventh Harry Potter book as influencing major events. Um, if you haven't received any answers yet about Time Turners, I believe I have one for you. Time Turners are." not used in the seventh harry potter book i don't believe they're even mentioned and then she goes on to say guys i love the podcast and the history one as well sound guy all right uh listening to you guys brightens my week immensely and have become part of my weekly routine i adore them very much and have been listening since the second episode i think keep up the wonderful podcast and don't forget to be awesome hillary hillary that (laughs) literally made my day when i read that I have written the quote of that, of, of don't forget to be awesome. Like, that is up on my mirror and whiteboard, like, marker. It's tattooed okay. in my forearm. Yes. But, no, Hillary, thank you so much for, um, first of all, saying that this is part of your weekly routine, because that's exactly what we wanted to have happen when we first started this endeavor, was to have somebody consistently listen to us and enjoy what we're saying and also give us feedback. So, Hillary... In our book, you are a rock star. Thank you so much. Hillary, please, as if you haven't already, and I'm sure you are, but nevertheless, tell more people about our podcast. We, we want to get as many people out there listening to this as possible and uh, just share the love, you know? And thank you for the correction. We appreciate that. I, Absolutely. Yeah, we're not perfect. I, am, I, I stand corrected. The time turner does not play a part in the seventh book. Harry Potter fans, you can rest assured, I will not speak of Harry Potter and its mythology anymore. 
And that's where we should queue up the, the crowd cheering, because yeah. it's never going to happen again. And Potterheads worldwide now have taken a, a unanimous sigh of relief. <laughs> yeah, because I don't <laughs> Thank think, God, I don't David. think of the three of us, even though this is nerds on film, I don't think any of the three of us are really like hardcore. I'm Harry pretty hardcore, Potter Potter actually. Are you pretty hardcore? Yeah, I've read all seven books. Oh. Well, so have I. I've only seen six of the seven movies. Well, I don't really feel like having a, a Potter off right now, but um, that might be something that will happen in the wow. future. Yeah, <laughs> Can you not say it like that? Because that sounds will, remotely uh, dirty. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll mediate the Potter off. Shut up! Like no! It is term. not to be called that. We need to... Audience, please pick up a better name because that just sounds like a really dirty well, Skinamax like well, okay, twelve AM so show. Me, hey, let me just say, Patronum. Wow. <laughs> All right, so let me just say, I okay, I thought I saw the first Harry Potter movie, and I've seen like bits and pieces of like the other ones, and I've read the first five pages of the first book, and that's the extent of my Harry Potter knowledge. I'm surprised that you haven't actually read the books. Um, it's just it was not really. Not really my thing. No? I don't know why, because, you know... You don't like fantasy? No, I, lo I love fantasy. What's I, your problem? I, I don't know. I just... There was something about it that I just really wasn't into, and I think it was maybe the fact that when I was reading the first Harry Potter book, uh -huh. it felt just a lot like normal British children's lit, and so I just kind of wasn't really into that. I can understand that. It gets so, and much I, and darker. And I know, I, and from my... Here, the, the books grow with the, the kids, do. the generations, so I've been... I've been contemplating giving it a shot, but right now I'm, I'm neck deep in Game of Thrones. So no, I do no, have to ask. Not when, right now. <laughs> when do you guys think they're actually going to remake the Harry Potter movies? Because you know that, oh. Brian, you say never? Well, you can never say never. Ah, the American reference. Tale teaches us. Sorry. Actually, no, I just said American Tale, but okay. I anyway. love the American Tale. Does it, okay, thank you. I'm not the only person, apparently, who's seen that movie, never. so that's good. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. In fact, of all the Fifel movies, Fifel Goes West is the only one that really sticks out in my head. Oh, there's only two, so. Give them the old lazy You know, I, let me just go on a tangent for a second. Sorry, that movie guys. was on we'll a little while it. ago, and I watched it. And that was a movie where I watched it very frequently as a kid. Mm -hmm. And when Fifel and his sister do the Somewhere uh, Out There... I was weeping. Were you really? I was it's truly, a, it, like, this is me as a 28-year-old man, weeping while watching this show. And that for this, those of you playing the home game, when Brian gets emotional, that's five points. <laughs> no, that's that's 50 points, because it doesn't points? happen very much. I don't know, it's been happening pretty frequently. <laughs> well, uh-oh. I'm going through the change, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, Brian, you say never. Sound guy, just by a show of hands, how many years do you think it's going to take before they read you the Harry Potter movie? 15? 15 years? Uh, 20. I'll give it 20. Mm, okay, 20, 15, Sarah? 30? Damn. Because 30 years from now, the movie technology is going to be vastly different. I no, feel. they'll just hire real wizards. Sure. I think very much like... <laughs> very much like Star Wars. You know, even though they're making more Star Wars movies, I don't think people will go back and try to make episodes 4, 5, and 6 over again. Or mm -hmm. 1, 2, and 3 mm -hmm. over okay, so again. Even though people really want that, I think what will likely happen is Rowling will... She's talked about writing more Potter books in the future, or, the, or rather, stories that take place in that in the universe oh, of Harry Potter. Or some not, other characters. But not about Harry Potter. Good. I feel like that those would be explored well before they try to remake any of the Harry Potter stories. Watch, she's going to do another series with her kid, with the kid, the Harry Potter's son. So, Hillary, again, thank you so much. And um, on top of that, we also got a really lengthy and really well thought out uh, message from our new friend Richard. Oh snap. Richard. This was yeah. this was good. <laughs> Richard, by the way, uh, you both astounded Brian and the English major Sarah 
by how well put together your thought was. So well done, sir. It was beautifully written. So Richard writes, and I quote, The coolest time travel mechanic has, to me, always been the briefly mentioned on the podcast Quantum Leap Accelerator. First off, well done, sir. Yes. Well done. Ignoring the superior rules that Quantum Leap brought to the genre, staying with your own lifeline, Swiss cheese memory, trading places with the Leapy, the aura of the other person, the exponential unlikelihood that you can ever retrieve the Leaper after he leapt, or the very fact that it turned the genre on its head by wanting to change history instead of preserve it, all of which were ignored by source code when it, w- when it used the technique. It adds another layer of surreptitious nature of time travel. It's all well and good to disguise yourself and dress uh, for the future or the past to pick up the customs of the time, but a stranger is allowed, quite simply, to act strange. When you have to be another person, there's an emotional connection. This is someone's life. What right do you have to make their decisions for them? I can't wait to see Source Code 2 and see Jake Gyllenhaal try and teach a classroom of students with no training. The man he leapt into was a teacher. That's the part that they left out. An emotional reaction to Jake Gyllenhaal. Spoiler alert, basically killing another man so that he can continue in his life. Yeah, because they never really explained what happened to the real guy in that ending of that movie and that movie frustrated me a lot and i and he hit the nail on the head yeah, the for writing, why that, was, that that was a very it was a poorly, poorly ex- thought out ending yeah, yeah. It was a poorly executed movie in general, um I and think. as a final note uh, as a fun nerdy note scott bacula played the voice of jake gyllenhaal's father yes oh. also cool. timeline was an awesome book but paul walker falls in the same category as someone like martin lawrence as soon as he signs on i think the talented people give up and go home oh. wow. damn wow. richard <laughs> well thank you for your opinion richard you're kind of my hero right now just for that last sentence that was really good um i i, I haven't seen source code so i can't really give my opinion eric wanted me to mention the time warps from the star trek movies which we did actually mention was a device that was used in three of the movies, I believe. I believe it was done in First Contact. It was done in Star Trek Four. Abrams. And then the, and if you want to count Star Trek, uh, the Abrams version, yes. That's definitely an important thing to mention, too. Something tells me that when you two talk later about the Nerds on History podcast, he may mention something in regards to this. It's very possible. I feel like that's going to happen. Probably. Yeah. I don't know how we know, but just it's probably going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're a family. We got all our sisters with me. <laughs> what? The song. Anywho, yeah, I, um, I got it. Just... So thank you so much, y'all are sisters, Richard and That's Hillary, and, and also thank you to everyone else who is listening and who hasn't written yet. Please write to us. We would love to hear your opinions, your thoughts, your questions. If you feel like we've said something wrong, correct us. Like we're not assholes. Like we're gonna say, oh, thank you for correcting Whoopsie us. Doodle. And that's the soundbite we're going to use. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like that being for, for well, that's my soundbite for my life when I make mistakes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, especially Richard and Hillary, uh, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to, to write us and let us know about your opinions on the film. And, uh, like I said, everybody else, jump on the bandwagon. That's all we got as far as feedback. Brian, I'm going to cue you again for that awesome little soundbite. Listen to feedback. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. All right, ladies and gents. Kind of reminds me of Wayne's World a little bit. <laughs> this week. This week has been the best week for. This was like the film nerds mecca yeah. of week. David and I were both up at five thirty this past Thursday morning, and they're just thinking this all time. Oh man, this is actually kind of funny because in past years there's usually been the president of the academy and uh, some other celebrity who announces the the awards and this year yeah, usually a celebrity that's had some prior 
affiliation to the Oscars in some shape or form. Like a presenter or something mm-hmm. like that. In some years, I think it, uh, in past years, it's been Jennifer Hudson. I know Anne Hathaway did it one year. And this year was Emma, was Emma Stone. But it was also interesting because Seth MacFarlane was the one who announced it. And they were funny. They actually wrote gags into the, uh, the announcement. It's almost like it's become its own ceremony. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. And uh, I, was, I actually decided to watch it from the internet directly. I didn't bother w- watching the news because the news gets the feed, but they're actually they're about five or ten seconds ahead. Well, it took me forever to find the feed because the Oscars website didn't post the feed for a while. And so I was, like, looking around for, like, another... Yeah. Finally found it. And it was done as a live YouTube feed. At least that's the one I watched. And um, I think that's what we're going to devote the whole episode to tonight, is talking about the nominees and... Also the snubs. Yeah. Because I feel like there's, at least in my opinion, there's one category that uh, where an actor was snubbed from his performance. And we'll get there. Can I just say, though, can we try to use a word other than snub? Because, at, like, immediately following the the nominations being announced, like, for two days straight, I just saw snub in every other Facebook status update. and How like this? This I'm going to say barreled. Rejected. <laughs> Fuck no, you ain't coming. <laughs> okay. I like that. Yeah, we good? All right. <laughs> rejects. I can, I can go with rejects. Oh, I think we're going to go with fuck no, you ain't coming. But that's fine. No, no, no. That's too many words. That's a very different con- <laughs> connotation If you there. think of it that way. <laughs> I always think of it that way. <laughs> yeah, so Brian and I were super, super, super crazy and got up early and watched the opening ceremonies and nomination ceremonies for the Oscars. Which, <clears throat> and we were we were texting while it we was were. happening too. Yeah, yeah, and this is the second year I've done it. I remember the first I did it last year, and I really enjoyed because again the film nerd to me was like ah, I get to know what movies I got to go see, and I always fail. Um, so, <laughs> so you did seven last year, right? I got close. Yeah, you got no, you did five. I did there were nine nominees last year. Yeah, you okay? So what's I think maybe we should start off and talking about what we're talking about. So you yes. posted a blog. Oh, yes. The Nerdonomy three-level Oscar challenge. What is that, Brian? For the past four or five years, I have made it my objective Mm -hmm. to see all of the Best Picture nominations between the announcement of the nominees and the award ceremony. Very ambitious. Yes. And there was actually one year where I had seen all of the nominees before they were announced. And that was back... I think that was the last year when they did five. But the past few years, it's been ten or nine. So, um... I've always been like halfway through, but then last year was the weird exception where I hadn't seen any of, of them, so I had to see nine movies in four weeks, and it was it was a bit of a, of a trial. But I, did you get them all? I did get them all. Good for you. I always get them all. It's never never a matter of if; it's a matter of how. Mm. With me, to Brian, movies are like Pokemon. He's yeah. got to catch them all. But now that I've gotten comfortable <laughs> and trained them uh, <laughs> to be the movie master, um, extremely loud and <laughs> what was that one? It was extremely loud and terribly close, or uh, extremely. Loud and incredible. Yeah, the jokes over. I was going to say, like, you know, power up or okay, use Vine Whip, wah, whatever. Wah. Wah, wah. Wonderful movie, by the way, if you haven't seen it. Have not. I, have, yeah. I need to see that one. That was one of those ones I, because I, I'm pathetic. Yeah, that was the unsung hero. I feel like stuff. I was very disappointed that of all the awards I got nominated for, it really didn't take any of them home. And Christopher Plummer. Oh, Max that was for another movie. Yeah, Christopher Plummer was in another movie. That'd be called Beginnings. Beginners. Was it Beginners or was it Beginnings? Whatever it was, we get the point. In past years, I've gotten very comfortable with seeing all the Best Picture nominees, so I wanted to push myself into new territory, and I thought, well, why don't we let our listeners follow along this crazy journey? So this year, I am doing the challenge, and level one is seeing all the Best Picture nominations. I'm three in. You're three in. I'm, uh, I think I'm... I'm four in. You're You're six in, I think you said. No. Well, I've seen five of of what I need to complete the challenge, but that doesn't count 
I think I've seen four of the Best Picture nominees. Let me explain. So level one is just the Best Picture nominations. Okay. Level two is one of the following. You need to see all the nominees of one of the best features. So either Best Animated Feature, Best Foreign Film, Best Documentary Feature, or if you can't see all those, for whatever reason, you must see all ten nominations uh, for the Best Shorts and the Best Animated Shorts. Damn. Yeah. But those are actually available online iTunes releases them to buy within a couple of weeks, I think, of the ceremonies being telecast. And you can, no, it costs about the cost of two movie tickets to, to watch all of them. And there's an article, actually, on filmschoolrejects.com. Yeah, filmschoolrejects has an article of where can you watch the 2013 Oscar-nominated films. Oh, snap. And it does all the nominated films, like Best Documentary Feature, Best Animated Short, all those things. Um, so they can um, they tell you all the places where you can find them. Please look it up if you want to do the challenge. And that's level two. Level three is... Is, now, with each level, you have to have completed the previous level. You can't just skip a level. You have to do that. And there's no mixing and matching in level two. You have to see all in one category. You can't see, like, three of best documentary and then two of best foreign film and get away with it. No. If you commit to a category, you have to see all in that category. Okay? okay. Level three is when you see all of the nominations related to acting, writing, or directing. Holy so, fuck. So... <laughs> Best Actor and Actress, Best Supporting Actor and Actress, Best Adapted and Original Screenplay, and Best Director. However... What about a Best Original Screenplay? That's what I just said. Adapted and Original. Oh, I didn't hear the original yeah. part. My apologies. However, yes. because there are a lot of overlaps when it comes to those yeah. categories, it actually... Do, it's not that hard. It's not do. that hard. What I've done the math is it takes... Uh, it's 18 movies at this point. And if you space it out, it means you see... If you haven't seen any of them, well, shame on you. But if you haven't seen any of them, it's seeing three movies a week. I had seen three of them. Brian, like, some... fucking beautiful mind this shit. <laughs> David, it's not that hard, okay? But no, the fact we're talking David, about simple no, arithmetic. No, you sent me a text, and he goes like, I've broken it down, right? So there's six movies times this, times this. I was like, what the fuck? He's like, he's in his room writing it on the windows. <laughs> I just see Brian, he's in his bedroom, like, all these numbers are popping out, like, names of the movies, and he's just like... And then all of a sudden, Paul Bettany, Ed Harris, and the little girl just were following me around Dude, for Dude, if Paul Bettany Spoiler comes words, to, like, bro. hang out with you... Dude, let me know. I want to have a conversation with that guy. By conversation, she means have sex. Well, if it comes to that, sure. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, it always does, doesn't it? <laughs> Wait a minute, what? <clears throat> oh, wow. Okay, sorry. I interrupted <laughs> you. <laughs> Wait a minute. What are you saying about me? I'm saying you like Paul Bettany's dick. <laughs> All right. Well. No. You, you know, <laughs> we'll Sarah, you know like, I'm kidding. Said. I know. I'm not. Where were we? Huh? Well, what were we talking about? We were <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, I, yeah, we were level three. Dead. Okay, so when the announcements came out, I had only seen three of the movies. I saw Django, I'd seen Zero Dark Thirty, and I had seen Brave. Brave is, of course, one of the nominees for Best right. Animated Feature. In that time, I've also seen two more. I saw Les Mis, and then... Um, we saw Life of Pi. Life of Pi, exactly. See, I've seen Lincoln, Argo, and Django. Of the best picture ones. Of yes. the best picture. I don't know if I'm going to make make it to level two. Okay, horseshit. Number one. So it's, it's not... You, I will you do my best. You, you just have to commit to saying, I'm going to do this. Simple as that. I'm, I'm going to challenge everybody at this table to finish this. Uh, you know, I'm going to try my damnedest. Well, yeah, I'm trying my damnedest too. Right now I've got I, Beast of the Southern Wild is on Netflix. Oh, okay. And so I've ordered it. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah, so we, we should do... Watching night. Can we do that? Yeah, we should. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's do that. Um, can I just say, though, um, I'm having a hard time with this because as much as I would love to go out and go to the movies and watch all these things um, I have a conflict, a time investment conflict um, it's January, which means for me personally it's Mel Brooksuary, which means I have to watch all of the Mel Brooks movies this month can't you pause it? 
Wait. No, it's Mel Brooksuary for a reason. But it also rhymes with February, so you, can't you make it a two-month thing instead no, of a one-month one month. thing? Wait. This is a thing? <clears throat> this is a thing I invented last year. Oh. Because... Oh, <laughs> then... Oh, come on. You can push it back. For shame. I told you it was a personal personal commitment. Now, this is a cool thing you're doing. I definitely want to support you in that. Yeah. But... Yeah. We'll support you enough to say, hey, it's a cool talking thing. About. I know. I know. So, well... And so, I'm, I'm tempering it. I'm tempering it. So, I saw Life of Pi this weekend, but then I also watched Dracula Dead and Loving It and the producer's musical and um, To Be or Not To Be. So May, may I make a, a uh, suggestion? Please do. Use your weeknights to see the Best Picture nominations. Use your weekends to see the Mel Brooks films because then you can fit more of them in one day. Hmm. It's an interesting thought. Remember that thing they called a bank account? We hope you enjoyed yeah. that because oh, that's right. going to go away. Lev- yeah. Oh, by the way, leverage the fact that AMC and Cinemark Theaters have early bird specials. If you see the first oh, that too, before yeah. noon matinee, you get in for like 6 or $7 in California and, and whatever. And just theater hop. Yeah. Not that we condone that. But seriously, just do it. Technically, we'll read the policies in some of these theaters. I think technically when you get admission, it's really only for admission to the theater, not necessarily for one particular show. That's the way it used to be. Of course, I could be talking out of my ass. We'll have to have someone do some research on that. But yes, we'll make sure that's not anal ventriloquism. Rectal ventriloquism. Rectal. I thought it was anal. It was originally anal, but then I got uncomfortable with the word anal. So I thought rectal ventriloquism. you prefer ventri- rectal to anal? <laughs> this conversation's getting way off topic, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Anywho, we killed the sound man. He doesn't know. He's like, fuck that. We're going to cut this out. That would be kind of interesting to find out if that was at all possible. I mean, because I feel like if you devoted like one Saturday to a theater that you knew had the best picture nominees mm, playing. Because yeah. like, the ones that are still in theater are Argo, Django, Les Mis, Life of Pi, Lincoln, Silver Linings, and Dark Zero Dark Thirty are more... I think it's in theaters, but I don't know if it's actually in wide release. It's not in wide release yet. And of the 18 movies that we were mentioning, 11 of them are in theaters. Oh, Sarah's pulling from the website. Um, it says, a more currently playing theatrically and limited release this weekend. Sony Pictures Classics added screens in San Francisco, Chicago, Scottsdale, <laughs> Washington, D.C., and other <clears throat> cities. And it's still playing in NYC and Los Angeles with expansion continuing through next month. Just check the Ooh. film's website oh. for a list of upcoming dates and ones playing click, near you. Click on the uh, list of upcoming dates. Is there anything in the Bay Area besides San Francisco? Right. San Jose, camera S- similar three. Camera three. San Jose on 118. For the record, if you guys haven't seen Flight or The Sessions, they are no longer in theaters. Well, that's not true. They're in theaters, but they're edging toward the end of their release. However, they are both slated to have late January, early February home video releases, The Sessions and and Flight. Oh, okay. So if you don't make it to theaters, they will be out for you to to rent or buy. Um, In fact, they're available for pre-order on iTunes right now, both of those films. And Wreck-It Ralph will also be available on February 12th. Okay, for home okay. video. And so just so everybody is aware, because you can always check out the list here, we'll give you a quick rundown of at least the top five categories. I won't go into screenplays because that gets really into the nitty gritty. But the big thing, if you're going to at least try to accomplish level one, you have to watch Amour, which is also up for best foreign picture, I believe. Um, you have to watch Argo. Fantastic movie. Beasts of the Southern Wild. Django Unchained. Les Miserables. Life of Pi. Lincoln. Silver Linings Playbook, which I think is the dark horse in that. That was a surprise for sure. Yeah. I don't think anybody thought that one was going to be well, an Oscar contender. Well, there was from the critics, I, but yeah. I heard, I heard at least that it was going to get actor nominations, but maybe not the best, best picture, man. Yeah, Bradley Cooper surprised there, too. Oh, my God. That I dude is on fire right yeah. now. Well, let's, I love him. And the yeah. final one is Zero Dark Thirty. Right, which is the, everyone's guessing will be the, uh, mm-hmm. the winner. But you know, as of... <clears throat> The point when we recorded this, though, Argo um, got Argo won the Golden Globe. Indeed, yeah. Which this will be coming out a week after the the Golden Globes, of course. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. 
guys, don't chicken out. Do the whole challenge, and we're going to sweeten the pot a little bit. Save your ticket stubs and take pictures of them. Because if you complete the challenge, and you can prove that you completed the challenge, we will give you a Nerdonomy t-shirt of your picking. Okay? And you post them to our blog. If you complete the challenge... All three levels. All three levels. And we, again, you can prove it. In addition to getting your t-shirt, you can also pitch to us an idea for, for an episode. And we pick the best pitch. Okay? we got to find something else to sweeten the pot. Oh, yeah. They also get oh. a guest spot on the show via yeah. Skype. Not a full host position, but they get, they get some time on the show. Mm-hmm. To talk to us. Okay, because I was going to say the T-shirt and the and the other thing like that's no no no, no that, I like that I like that yeah. yeah so how do they how do they prove that they've watched? If you guys want details on this, please go visit our website. If you go to nerdonomy.com, um, we do have a blog. If you haven't checked it out, go go look. Um, but Brian did post up relatively recently all the rules and details explaining everything in case you didn't catch it all. And if you need any clarification, shoot us an email at the nerds at nerdonomy.com and we will clarify that for you. Absolutely. But we do need to see that you yourself, you know, have the ticket stubs that you went to go see it. If you even want to take a picture of yourself in front of the screen, whatever you're watching, that'd be even better. Yeah. I mean, I'm okay with the honor system as long as we see a ripped ticket stub. I don't trust you people. I'm no. kidding. Now, if you're going to be doing the short films as part of your challenge for level two, here's how we do that. If you use iTunes in this case, and we recommend you do, you must take a screenshot that you have downloaded them and that they are watched. Believe me, we're Apple people. We know when a movie looks like it's been watched or not. Okay, and this is on your honor. So if you don't know how to take a screenshot, Google it. But it's actually very easy to do. Post those to the blog as well. Damn. So, again, details, look at the blog post. But The gauntlet has been thrown. I don't know about y'all, but I'm actually... The die has been cast. I'm really excited for this this round of the Oscars. And listeners, we actually want to ask your opinion. Because we love the Oscars, as you can tell. We will be covering the award season in... You know, a decent amount of detail between now and the end of February. But we're thinking, you know, we're all going to be together watching the Oscars. What if we did a podcast while doing the Oscars? A live streamed podcast. Say what? What, 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 what? What'd you say? Is your mind blown? My mind is yeah. blown. We Excuse might me, even I have to, to clean up the walls because yeah. I have brain matter everywhere. We might even be able to do, to do live chat or even through the magic of things like Skype and Google Voice call-ins if we plan this right, if we prepare uh. for this right. So that sounds like a lot of work. (laughs) Not as much as you might think. Remember, we are nerds on film, not enthusiasts of film. We are nerds on film. (laughs) (laughs) I mildly like the movie. (laughs) And I mildly like going to the movie theaters. We are nerds on film, not fair weather enthusiasts of film. (laughs) (laughs) I went to a theater once. My father took me. It was quite a good time. (laughs) We saw Dumbo. (laughs) (laughs) And I wept like a little boy because I was only eight. All right. Anyway, uh, so yeah, um, if you guys want to hear um, hear us do commentary over um, the Oscars live, yeah. and that's the goal is to be a commentary track to the Oscars. It's not going to replace you watching the Oscars, of course. No, it's not going to be like riff tracks where you can just like download later. And I don't know, maybe we could do that. But who's going to have yeah, it, it recorded on their DVR? Like, like, I DVR the Oscars. I DVR it all the time. You would. <laughs> Again, David. I DVR not the Golden Globes tonight. Uh, so. But what that means is that you will literally be hearing our voices for three hours, even during commercial breaks. So just let us know if you want that to happen. So, well, to be fair, we'll probably keep it a little bit quieter during the actual awards, and we'll we'll speak up during the commercials because who's going to want to watch the commercials anyway? Yeah, yeah advertisement sucks. The most you actually says probably, the group that's trying like, to get wow, picked that up. was a really good Diet Coke commercial, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, look at that bottle. Yeah, look at the You're probably going to hear me say, like, ooh, that's a pretty Adrian nice. Brody again? <laughs> Who thought? 
Yeah, I'm actually interested to see what our fans say. Because I think that would be a, a, a hell of a time. That would be to... a lot of fun. And I think we would invite Eric on, in on that one. I have a Maybe. feeling Eric would like that, actually. Yeah. He would have fun with it. I have a source that says that Eric says it's fine with him. Yeah. I actually have a confession to make. Eric and I have a telepathic connection, so he's been hearing my thoughts, and I just heard his response. Whoa, whoa, hold on. So you have the ability to telekinesis off with Eric. Not and, easily. It took and lots and lots. she's got the fucking precogs as her nips. Like, what the fuck do I get? <laughs> you get TK <laughs> eventually. I get what? You get I'm TK sorry, eventually. Sorry, sorry, wait, I get wait, wait, TK wait, eventually. Wait, 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 <laughs> what was that? The, the fucking precogs as her nips? <laughs> <laughs> I beg your pardon. The whole breast is precognitive. <laughs> not just my nipples. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Get it right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. I um, think we can use that, boss. <laughs> Hell yeah, we can. This shit's explicit. <laughs> yeah, we, can, um, we can drop the F-bomb. Oh, we've clearly showed that. Yeah. Okay, so Ferium? now that we have the challenge out, now that we have an idea of what the list of the best pictures are, you know, and like I said, you can always you can you can literally Google 2013 Oscar nominations, and you'll see the full list. But the question now becomes: Let's talk about those who did not get nominated, who should have been nominated, at least in our opinions. Numero uno. We have uh, we we didn't want to use the word snub, so we have a couple of options: brush off, neglect, pass up, or upstage. And straight up cockblocked. <laughs> straight up cockblock <laughs> is for the win. <laughs> I think okay. we can call it right. Oscar, Oscar so, Cockblocks. No? Oscar Cockblocks, yeah. And first and foremost, in my mind, who got straight up cockblocked for um, Best Director nomination? Ben Hufleck. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Because I think, with, just for a quick, uh, you know, for a quick remembering here, um, we have Michael Haneke, Amour, Ang Lee, Life of Pi, David O. Russell, Silver Linings Playbook, Steven Spielberg, Lincoln, and I apologize for butchering this. Uh, Benny Zettelin for Beast of the Southern Wild. Did I say that right? I think it's just Ben. If you're listening, Ben, I'm sorry. B-E-N-H. Um, ben. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Affleck got, got totally snubbed. Was, sorry, yeah. he got straight up cockblocked. Straight up cockblocked. I don't because know what that's about. I mean, Argo was a really fantastic movie. I really, was. really enjoyed it. I know pretty much everybody here who saw it did. Um, and pretty much recognized what credit across the board i don't know kevin smith also being a fan of uh, and a friend of, of ben affleck i'll go fuck yourself yeah he yeah. he was actually kind of disappointed he was disappointed too Indeed. and i and yeah. the thing is is i know um with the process when it comes to those specific nominations um the director's branch nominates the directors well correct? there's also talk of that changing though okay but for but for this year yeah. The season, how it has for been. The, for the past 85 years, the way it's been in the Academy is that each of the five main branches, well, I mean, there's more than five main branches now, but uh, interesting little factoid, the spokes that are on the film can that Oscar stands on stands for the five main branches of the Academy, which is acting, writing, directing, cinematography, and... Editing. Editing, thank you. Well, I'll be damned. Boom! So the five main branches, they basically vote for the movies that have been considered... The studios submit their films for consideration. And with Best Picture nominations now, the rule has was changed a couple years ago to support whatever nomination gets 5% of hmm. the vote or more. So if you get 5% of the or more, you get nominated up until 10 films, basically. There's rarely ever been more than 10 films that have been considered because then they have to be more discriminatory about what gets through. 
So the, the rule is at minimum of five, maximum of ten, which is why the past couple of years we've had nine nominees instead of ten. And didn't they do that to open up the doors just for so that way you didn't have just dramas or straight dramas? The goal was to, to open it up to more diverse... Different categories yeah. of, of film or different genres of film. Okay, so correct me if I'm wrong. I have a, I have a list here to be nominated for Best Picture. Um, a movie must meet these basic requirements. It must be more than 40 minutes long. Right, because anything less than 40 minutes is, is considered short film. Right. Its public premiere must have been in a movie theater during the appropriate calendar year. Mm-hmm. It must have premiered in 35mm or 70mm film format or in 24-frame progressive scan digital format. Correct, because otherwise 30 frames per second isn't really film. It's video. It must have played in an L.A. County theater for paid admission for seven consecutive days beginning in the appropriate calendar year. Yeah, which is why some of the films get released in L.A. and New York just prior to the year ending, and then they have their main release gotcha. in the early I E zero dark thirty. Very much so. Its wide release was yeah. January eleventh. And what are you what are you quoting? I'm looking at howstuffworks.com. Okay, maybe uh, that's why the Hobbit didn't get nominated because yeah, it was that, not twenty four. Hobbit was done at forty eight frames per second. That's why. So that's why I'm wondering is that so yeah. is that that particular not necessarily because they have released it in both high frame rate and they released it also in thirty five millimeter. They released uh, okay. a non thirty five a non because that seems like digital. oddly specific, especially when mm-hmm. when technology is now changing to a higher yeah. frame rate. Well I mean keep in mind this is the organization that hosts the awards in the Kodak theater, you know? Ah. Uh, okay, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Even though Kodak is going under right now, um, it'll be the insert name here theater that they and perform uh, in. for all of you playing the home game, if you don't know what Kodak is, look up Wikipedia. You know what Kodak while you're is, at it, look up what a polar is. You shouldn't is. be listening to this podcast. Uh, well, actually, Kodak, interestingly enough, invented digital cameras back in like the 70s. Hmm. Didn't know what to do with it. So kind of kind of weird. Tim, this is never going to take off. I'm, I really think digital's the way to go. No, 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 no. Polaroids. You're crazy. Polaroids all the way. Fast forward 10 years. Okay, I think Fuck. we were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do this. For those who are interested in knowing a little bit more about the Academy itself, not just the Academy Awards, because the Academy Awards is only one small portion of what the Academy does. But the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences? Yep. Oscars.org is the website for the Academy, not the award ceremony. That's Oscars.com. So Oscars.org has some great insight into the nomination process. And as well as how the awards get chosen in the first place. So, if it's cool with you guys, can I can I read from the site real quick? Get crazy. No. I need some unanimous vote. David, whisper, what do we whisper, 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 whisper. I will filibuster. You will filibuster. You're going to filibuster your own bill? That's silly. <laughs> I want this bill to pass, but first I'm, I'm going to talk to you. I'm sorry. I got excited. What I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Means. I just want to say the word. And also for the kids that are playing home, look at the word filibuster, because likely it's a word you don't hear of very often. Okay, here we go. Each November, an election campaign commences that rivals, and at least in Hollywood, the passions and sometimes the excesses of the quadrennial race for the nation's presidency. It's the race for the Academy Award nomination. Question, what does quadrennial mean? Every four years. I see. Okay. I feel like I'm in seventh grade vocab class now. <laughs> What does quadrennial mean? You talk like that in seventh grade? I did. Nobody <laughs> liked me. Sorry, go on. Wow. Akbar. Yeah. Akbar? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah Akbar. To- total Akbar. <laughs> For those listening at the home game, that's the first time I've ever said Akbar in the show. Because the Academy numbers among its members, the most gifted and skilled artists and craftsmen in the motion picture world, its award stands alone as a symbol of superior achievement. 
And because of the Academy's successful efforts to eliminate splashy gimmicks and gifts, the race, in air quotes, to be nominated consists principally of attempts by studios, independent distributors, and publicists to make sure that each of the nearly 6,000 voting members of the Academy Motion Picture Arts and Sciences sees their film. It means special screenings for Academy members, free admission to commercial runs of the film, and the mailing of DVDs. The Academy aggressively monitors award campaigning and has uh, issued regulations that limit company mailings to those items that uh, actually assist members in their efforts to assess the artistic and technical merits of a film. So that's just the intro. <laughs> Let me just go over nominations and that'll be it, okay? Yeah, you could just say it <clears throat> if you know it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to read it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know it in, all, in fine detail, so my apologies. Uh, nomination ballots are mailed to the Academy's active members in late December and are due back to PricewaterhouseCoopers. Of course, that's the accounting firm that tabulates the, the ballots. But they have an accounting firm that tabulates that? Do you not listen to the commentary when they do the award ceremony? Gods. Apparently Damn, not. dude. Sorry, that was a little bit of, Actually, of, ner- of nerd fact, rage. but Yeah, a little so, bit. Cool so, it. <laughs> fun fact, um, apparently they, they used to release the winners early to certain newspapers so they could make their, their newspaper prints the night before and then you know publish them in the morning. But then they um, the newspaper started publishing earlier and earlier and earlier, so then people would actually wind up going to the ceremony knowing who would win already. So now when they do it, when they open up the envelope. Do we know what year that took place? I can look it up while you're reading that. Yeah, careful about your facts. Don't nerd rage okay. on you. And PricewaterhouseCoopers is an international accounting firm, and they do that. They, of course, announced them in early January. This year was early because they did it two weeks earlier than they normally do. Mm-hmm. Um, the regular awards are presented for outstanding individual or collective film achievements in up to 25 categories. All voting members are eligible to select the Best Picture nominees, but otherwise you vote for within your category for hmm. who wins the best. That's changed this year, though, right? I think this year they changed it. The final balloting process. The final ballots are mailed to voting members in late January. And are due back to PricewaterhouseCoopers the Tuesday prior to the Oscar Sunday for final tabulation. This year, actually, though, was different because this is the first year they've allowed people to do online voting. They have, like, a private site for mm-hmm. Academy members. So to answer your question, um, I don't have an exact answer, but it said by 1940, the ceremony guests could pick up a paper and find out who won on their way to the ceremony. So I'd imagine sometime <clears throat> in probably the mid-40s. Yeah. Wow. As of now, after the final ballots are tabulated, only two partners of Price Waterhouse Cooper know the results until the famous envelopes are revealed. I want that power. Yeah. And if you remember, they, that's this an accounting these guys, firm, right? Yes, yes. the two accountants know, and they have the, those are the guys who have the briefcases handcuffed to them. I yes, want it's that an accounting power. Firm, David. Okay, I just wanted to double check. Yeah. I want to do that. They count money and ballots. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. That's good to know. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. It's quite useful. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> So now we know that how that happens, how the nomination process And now happens. you know the nomination process. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brian, for your report on the nomination process. You get a process. gold star. <laughs> Sarah, would you like to rebuttal? Yes, I would like to rebuttal. <laughs> I think I could answer for myself. Uh, thank you. I'd like to rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> So do you guys know that I actually held an Oscar once? Whose Oscar did you hold? George Lucas's. How do you know George Lucas? Well, I don't know George Lucas personally. Dude, Who let BFFs. you into his house? Uh, yeah. This whole like her, this right? whole selling the Star Wars to Disney. Sarah's idea. idea. Yeah, that's good. How'd you get into his house? <laughs> <laughs> so actually, uh, so it wasn't necessarily George Lucas's, but it was ILM's oh, okay. Industrial Light and Magic. Back How in heavy the, is it? It's heavy. Well, it was heavy Damn, to right me because I was in fourth grade, and I was very little. I am short of stature, 
And so uh, that when I was in fourth grade, I was even tinier. Um, and that thing is about um, it's about nine pounds and about thirteen inches. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That's the episode's title. That's <laughs> just another testament. Just another testament to how immature we are. Yep. The fact that she can't even get through that without us going like fetus. <laughs> okay. Um, it's about nine pounds, so, 13 inches of pure gold in my vagina. It's gold-plated. Anyway, so my mom used to do payroll as a, a profession, and um, she would do uh, temporary jobs, and um, she, for several months, was working for Industrial Light and Magic doing payroll. And so they had a take-your-kid-to-work day, which is, like, by far still hands down one of the greatest days of my life <laughs> and I was in fourth grade and I got to see like a screening room and they showed us like how to like how they put together um, the, the sound effects for Twister and I'm pretty sure it was like right before Twister came out if I remember correctly again I was in fourth grade and then at George the, Lucas if you're listening if you could comment that'd be great right. <laughs> doubtful and at the end of the day they took our picture with the Oscar and I, if I remember correctly again I'm, I could be wrong I'm pretty sure it was the one for the sound effects for Terminator 2. Mm. Nice. Yeah, so somewhere, probably in a box somewhere, is a, a little Polaroid of, of fourth grade Sarah. You should find this photo and throw it up on the website. If I can find it, my parents live in other states, so it's probably yeah, going to be very hard to find. But, uh, but yeah, there's a, a picture of that. Well, Eric and I went to the Disney Family Museum uh, about a week ago. And we saw all of the Oscars that Walt Disney's family had accrued. Not that the company has gotten since then, but the ones that were in his ownership. And there's like a, at least a dozen. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is they're all lined up on a glass case. And it's interesting to see how they've changed over the years. Oh, really? Slight, subtle changes in color um, as well as um, – and that might just be the age – Maybe the, I think they may have treated it in a way that prevents it from tarnishing as much. Mm. The older ones look a little more orangish. The new ones look more yellow. I was just looking at that and thinking, God, that's more Oscars than I'm probably ever going to see in my whole life. Yep. It was pretty. Oh, don't say that. No, I'm just. It was a very impressive thing to look at. And there's also all of his Emmys and like literally every award that he won is on display in the lobby. It was like and eight cases. Was of this the, is this the wow. Disney Museum in? It's in the Presidio. In, in yeah. Presidio, okay. Mm-hmm. San Francisco. Yeah. For very people. unassuming. Because, of course, the Presidio is a national landmark. They can't yeah. really change the outside of it. So it's just this red brick building. Mm-hmm. But you go inside, and it's this really cool Art Deco. I've, I've wanted to go there. I wanted to go there. Somebody who won an Oscar either last year or the year before, and they let their kid play with it or hold it, and the kid dropped it and, like, shattered the thing. Or, like, like it snapped in two. And this is, like, literally the day after he'd received the Oscar. I forget who it is. I think the Academy obviously replaced it, didn't oh, they? Oh, obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was just... <laughs> Just would hate to be that guy. It's just like I want to know. Oh my god! You have to be that guy that has to call them and be like, "Hey, so funny story. My child got a hold of it and demolished it." Yeah, about that. One? There's a stipulation <laughs> that says underneath the award, if you break it, you buy it. You buy it, or you break it, you do, you lose it. It was the producer for King's Speech. That's what it was. His so a couple years ago. It. His 15-month-old daughter dropped and broke the movie's Best Picture Award. Because it's nine pounds, that's why. <laughs> at a celebration the morning after the ceremony. Yeah. Why Thank would you, you give a 15-month-old an Oscar to play with? That seems like a dangerous toy. <laughs> it's like, nah, nah, nah. It's like, it's not, there's no chocolate in that gold, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> I've been to the Kodak Theater, and um, the history behind it's actually really cool. It's cool. What I think is really cool is as you walk toward the lobby, you see all the Best Picture nominations from the beginning to the present. Oh, as you're going up the stairs? Yeah. But as you walk back out, you find out that they planned it in advance, because there's enough slots in there to take like it. like 2030-something. 20, like, I think it's 2037 as yeah. well. Basically for the 110th Academy Awards, well up into the 110th Academy Awards. Let's see if we actually <laughs> make it that far, guys. <laughs> so, oh, we will. do we know who's hosting this Hopefully year? we will. We do. Seth MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane's hosting it? Okay. Yes, he is. Indeed. Do you know who hosted the most times out of anybody? Billy Crystal. Bob Hope. Bob Hope. Billy Crystal's got to be a, a, No, he a, hosted like eight second. times, I think. Bob Hope hosted 17 times. Yeah. Wow. Bob Hope. Do we I, count Bob Hope I actually Bob being Hope. on the Oscars last year via the, the computer graphics? Ago. Oh, was that two years ago? Mm-hmm. Who did last year? Crystal. Billy Crystal. Yeah. Oh. Eddie Murphy was supposed to do it. But then there was the whole Brett Ratner fiasco. And, uh, yeah, I don't know how I felt changed. about when James Franco and Anne Hathaway did. It was okay. Uh, it was all right. Yeah. But um, I do remember that when Crystal came out to do the, the presentation, mm-hmm. standing ovation. Yeah. That was a big people, sign. People were happy to see him come back. That was, Indeed. That was kind of I funny. enjoyed him. I, he, it wasn't as good as previous years, I think, but he's been... He probably would never do it again, but yeah. it was a nice... I'd never say never. I think it's an interesting he's choice. He's the fallback guy, I think, at this point. Like, well, if this goes false, let's call Crystal. Because he'll probably say yes. Because yes. i got to say, I really, I, I'm really astonished by the fact that they chose Seth MacFarlane, who not, was not a choice at, uh, at all in my head. And uh, I'm interested to see his clean humor. Well, yeah, Seth MacFarlane, actually, he is a guy who has a real love affair of old Hollywood. So I think kind of... Which the, is very evident when you watch Family Guy. Yeah, yeah and, and there I, will probably be a musical number. And I think, or three. I think kind of <laughs> he'll add a certain amount. I think he really likes the kind of the pomp and circumstance of, of the Academy Awards, so mm-hmm. I think he'll probably really get into that. Yeah, I was telling Brian, if, if, if his nomination ceremony is any indication, he's going to be... a quite a riot to be with yeah totally that night. I think so I want to um, see Neil Patrick Harris do it oh dear god I <coughs> he would did, he, love that he did the he the Emmys before uh, did he do he's done the Tonys a few yeah. times and then he also did the intro to when Steve Martin and Alec Baldwin hosted right 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 right, right. Um, I actually liked that year those two did a really good job that was fun and they were decent I liked it when my favorite part was when they saw George Clooney in the audience because they were doing their opening speech and they are like and George Clooney and they just stared at him, and Clooney just kind of gave him the smug look back, and <laughs> clearly it was rehearsed, but you're just like, that's brilliant. One of my favorite moments in recent history was, I love Steve Martin. Steve Martin, by himself, I think is a great Oscar host. I was okay with Alec Baldwin, but I think Steve Martin is better on his own. There was the bit where they said, the FBI has just uncovered who is behind the plot to kidnap Russell Crowe, because there's, the, remember that, years ago there was the whole yeah. plot thing? Tom Hanks, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and it cuts to Tom Hanks, and he just, Tom Hanks just starts crying. He's just like, <laughs> totally unrehearsed, actually, yeah. which is great. But I think actually my two favorite hosts other than him would probably be Chris Rock and uh, Ellen DeGeneres because they were hilarious. Mm. Was Chris Rock's no, no, that was just him except doing no. a speech. Yeah, Chris Rock that, was the seventy seventh Academy Awards. Um, that was the one where when Sean Penn uh, got all serious. Million Dollar Baby won that year for Best Picture. Sean Penn did he win for Milk that year? No, that was no. Milk. This is before no. Milk. This was just him not knowing how to take a joke. <laughs> when they made a joke about Jude Law. Oh. Hey, question. Why doesn't Jack Nicholson go to the Academy Awards anymore? He used to be always be there front row with his glasses on, and I feel like he hasn't been there in the past. Well, he is like, in his mid to late 70s at this point, so... So all he has to do is sit there and laugh. Yeah, he hasn't been nominated Old in a while. Old people can do that. Well, he's not a major player anymore. I mean, yes, he is uh, a legend at this point, but mm-hmm. I think he probably won't go unless he's nominated. They may not be enough weed to get Probably one there. of those things where, like, if you go to one Oscar, you've been to all Oscars. 
Yeah, let's go back and talk about more cock blocks. That was yeah, cool. yeah, that was a detour. Yeah, it was like <laughs> way a random detour, but hey, we covered a lot of the other stuff we wanted to talk about. Yeah, so there we go. That's okay. Um, one, can I mention one person who got straight up cock blocked? Yes, Leonardo DiCaprio and Django Unchained. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially he when died. you find out that would he have won? I'm not sure, but he should have at least been recognized for that was a fantastic that was a fantastic performance. performance. Yeah. Yeah. And here's where it won me was when you watch the man, and I'm not trying to be graphic, just but this is actually what happens, when the man is literally torn apart by dogs, oh. and you the look that he gives to Jamie Foxx to kind of like gauge him on like how comfortable he is to actually see if they're, if they're being as legit as they say they are, and that look and that stare down was when I looked at it and said like, you yeah. have won me if I was an Oscar winner. Um. And plus, the fact, side note, for those of you that have seen it, the phrenology um, bit, yeah, yeah, little uh, little film knowledge here. There's this the part where he cuts his thumb and he starts bleeding, legitimately cut his thumb. Oh, really? And did not stop. <gasps> and Carrie Washington did not know that she was going to get her face smathered in blood. That that all happened in the moment. Oh my god. Yep. Which what? I don't know how I, was, I don't know, how I know I feel right? about that as an actress. Well, like, so w- like, how would you feel if somebody did that? Like to w- me, like, would you be okay with it, or would you like, um, in the. <laughs> well, well, no. Maybe we don't know. Maybe he they they cut, cut it. They stopped. They said, "Okay, no, let's use it." But according to what I read, she didn't know that it was happening. That's what I had read too. Yeah, I gotta say, I kind of hope that she didn't know about it because I'm sure afterwards he was like, "I'm very, very sorry." But you gotta admit that was some badass scenery, and she she probably went like, "Yeah, okay, I understand." I get hepatitis because of you. I'm going to kill you. Does he have hepatitis? I don't think so. <laughs> but the fact that it, but there was the, no open the point is the fact is fine. is that he that he kept going even though he cut because I remember watching it with Brian and we walked out of the theater and I was like, did you I, notice he started? I, I think he actually cut his thumb and Brian's like, really? I'm like, he looked at it in a way that was kind of like, do I keep going? Yeah, I keep going. Do I keep going? I keep going. And apparently he needed stitches afterwards. It was that deep of a cut. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because um, it looked really real. Because it was one of the things where it just crept up on you, and they didn't make they didn't call any attention to it. And because because they didn't call attention to it, it made me wonder if it really happened or not. Because mm-hmm. that's a pretty dramatic moment. And I got to give him props for not wanting to stop because that's you know that's a really big moment. Like you said, it's a big it's a big dramatic moment. It's a big scene, and to cut himself off before he's even completed it is ridiculous. Like I, I I I applaud him for wanting to to continue on and uh, and still do the scene. Although I I gotta say though I'm really glad that Christoph Waltz did get a nomination. Yes, absolutely. He was fantastic in that movie. Yes, like a boss. And so I don't I, think, in my personal opinion, I liked him better in Inglorious Bastards. Okay, I can I can see that. But however, I mean, not to say that he was not good in this movie. However, I just like yeah, his character better. I'm still really glad he got the nomination. No, he I was loved his character in that movie. I thought it was brilliant. So. Yeah, I really I really loved his character. Brian, who do you feel got straight up cock blocked? I don't know if I, any one person got straight up cock blocked. I what feel like there movies? was what movies. Movies got cock blocked. Yeah, we'll do movies. We're gonna do every category here. Yeah. I was a little surprised at The Hobbit. I will say that. I don't yeah. know if it, I was offended that The Hobbit didn't get any nominations. It but got. It got. Wait, do you guys two. hear that? Our nerd base fans are screaming and rioting because we've just said that. Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> I believe they. I believe they got one or two nominations, but they're not. It. it it's like visual, visual effects. effects. So. More minor awards, right? Yeah. Not. But but I would have thought it would have gotten more in that regard. Yeah. I'm predicting. I'm predicting it's going to go the way of the Lord of the Rings, mm. and that by the third one, he'll be at least thrown into the ring for best picture. Yeah. I will say this, and those knowing me will probably say there's there's no surprise in this. I was very disappointed that Dark Knight Rises got no nominations. I was waiting for you to say that. 
Yeah. Really? Here's what I will say. Knowing that the, the Academy, without knowing any anything about the inner workings of the Academy, because I'm obviously not an Academy member, nor do I know any, they have a history for being conciliatory. So if they, they do not nominate somebody one way, they will get them back later on. That's I've noticed they do that a lot. And The Dark Knight was... An astounding movie. There was a big upset in the community that it didn't get nominated for Best Picture, and that they only nominated Heath Ledger for the. And they, they think they nominated it for like sound editing or, or stuff like that. But the fact that The Dark Knight Rises didn't get any of the awards, none of the, even the technical nominations, was really surprising. And um, okay, here I'm gonna I'm gonna upset you right now. Well, I don't think The Dark Knight Rises deserved Best Picture nomination. Okay, I was just but I was say. surprised that there was nothing that happened to it. To be honest, I would have liked to see Michael Caine get nominated for Best Supporting. But he's barely in it. Doesn't matter. I mean, dude, Anthony know, Hopkins Anthony just... Hopkins won Best Actor for Hannibal Lecter for being on screen 17 minutes out of the entire two-hour movie. Ooh, touche. Bam. <laughs> you just got cock-slapped. <laughs> Put it away, Brian. Put it away. <laughs> I don't want that at all. Please cut that out. <laughs> Um, I was also kind of surprised that the Avengers didn't get more because they just got yeah, that too. they got one nomination for best visual effects and that was that. And Whoa. I would have think I would have think sound editing, mixing, one of those again, one of the more technical awards. I think it would have gotten for something like that. Well, I think, and I'm not trying to sound like an asshole. I just think that the Academy and the way that the Academy works right now is that comic book movies, we're not quite there yet where comic book movies are being accepted into the mainstream, yes, uh, mainstream is, this is genres. Very fair. This is very and, fair. And, and I think we mentioned that in the last time we talked where we said, doesn't you know, make that, it right. No, I understand. I, and I mentioned something to the, to this effect the last time where I said that, you know, comic book movies are now no longer about the spectacle. They aren't about the costume. They're about the humans that are behind those costumes or aliens for Superman fans out there. But it's more about the character and it's less about the costume or like what their superpower is and who the villain is. And so because of that, we are just on the cusp of watching a lot of movies that are starting to be more comic book movies that are more character based. So it could be potentially that later down the line, we're going to see movies like maybe Man of Steel will get nominated for Best Picture or maybe even for Best Actor or Best Actress. You know, I mean, it's really starting to come into everybody's forefront you know, where yeah. we may see, okay, oh, look at that. Comic book movies are now considered as regular movies. And Lord knows they're trying, too, because if you look at uh, Dark Knight Rises, by this point, in the end of the trilogy, pretty much every name in that movie has an Academy Award. Christian Bale, for sure, because he won for The Fighter. Anne Hathaway uh, has a nomination. She hasn't, hasn't won. Kane has won multiple times. Morgan Freeman's won multiple times. Marion Cotillard won for *The Living Ruse*. That's what oh, got her. That's what movie. got her recognized in the United States. Tom um, Hardy, I think, was nominated. I think he? he's been nominated. If, if, if he's gotten some other award nominations too, so even if he hasn't been nominated for best for an Academy Award, the case in point: eighty percent of those people I just mentioned have well, Oscars under their Steel. belt. I mean, Eddie Cahill. I believe that that is no. no his no. name is Thomas. Or sorry, his name is Henry Cavill. Hey, Henry Cavill. I apologize. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's been quite nominated yet, but those surrounding him have been. Kevin Costner, uh, Kevin Costner, Michael Shannon, Diane Lane, Amy Adams, Russell Crowe, Russell Crowe, Lawrence Fishburne. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got six people right off the bat who have all been down the Academy Awards or the Golden Globes or the Screen Actors Guilds, or in other words, very prestigious awards. Right? They're trying their best, and when you put that level of casting into it and you treat the story seriously, that's when you start to get it mainstream. I think I'm still waiting for for comedies and comedic actors to start getting more you know it's it's been a tough road for for comedies and that's been around a hell of a lot longer than comic book movies really and there's something to be said about that too 
uh, not to, to say that there haven't been comedies that have deserved Academy Awards. I think the last, if you want to count it as a comedy, it's Shakespeare in Love was the only one I can think of that won Best Picture, at least in recent memory. I guess. And that was 15 that, years that ago. That one kind of gets... At cr- the same time, Toy Story 3. romance. Yeah. That one's really kind well, of I think, qualified. I think, I think why we're not seeing comedies get that is because, and I, we've mentioned this before, there's literally two types of comedies now. They are stupid stoner comedies, or, you know, and, and underneath that genre, you have the, the, the parody movies like A Haunted House and the Scary Movies franchise and, you know, all the kind of like the Zucker movies. So you get basically slapstick is what you're Slapstick. Talking. Or you have the comedies that really aren't that, com- I mean, they're comedic, but they're not. They're more light drama. They're more light drama, like, i.e., This is 40. Judd Apatow's like from Repertoire. They've all had comedic moments, moments that we find super funny. But at the core, you know, there's a lot of drama in there, and there's a lot of you know realism. Well, let's just call it what it is: good storytelling. Because right. that's what the Academy is trying to award. They're trying to award good storytelling or anything that leads into telling of a good story, whether it's the costume design, the sound editing, or an actor or a script or whatever it is, and. Unfortunately, you're right. A lot of comedies are very good at the gag, but they're not good at the substance. Yeah, mm-hmm. saying that, though, although I think Mel Brooks won his Oscar for um, the screenplay for The Producers. But that's and that screenplay. You make a point there, but with The Producers, there was some substance to that. I mean, you're, yeah. you're talking about social commentary, about social attitudes, about Holocaust. You're talking about the hippie movement and that mm-hmm. whole counterculture yeah. and debating that. And yes, it comes out in this very, like, gaggy sort of way but the point is there's you can it's not so much the delivery it's what is in the package i think is what i'm trying to say and there have been lots of films that have done very good at the delivery but you're getting shit inside of the the box but if you look at some of the comedies of the past stripes fantastic comedy bill murray himself is a fantastic comedic comedic actor who's i think always overlooked except for lost in translation which wasn't a comedy really it was kind of ish but not really i I just feel like is it commenting on the quality of the comedies or are comedies sort of are we forced to see comedies in that in that light because they're not getting recognition you know it used to be that a comedy was a comedy because it had a happy ending to it well okay not not going with the dramatic you know it needs to end in a birth or a marriage you know the the more greek definition of of comedy as opposed to tragedy but I'm talking about, you know, the, the movies that make us laugh, the, the lighthearted ones, because there's plenty of dark comedies that don't necessarily yeah. end with a birth or a marriage. You know, I will say that, like, the fact that Up got nominated for Best Picture, yeah. Toy Story 3 got nominated for Best Picture, and even though those are animated movies, their stories are lighter. Yeah. Well, with darker uh, touches to them. I was just going to say, right. Toy Story 3 was but even not then, a light movie. Even then, but, so comedies can only then be limited, uh, limited to animation? No, not at all. And that's not what I'm saying. I mean, well, no, but um, that's but that's Sarah's point, and I know that's not what yeah. you're saying, but that's kind of where we're at right now. And it's unfortunate because I think that there's a lot of good comedic talent out there that need to be recognized for their performances. But the thing is, is that the comedies that we're getting, honestly, if I look back at this last year and I look at all the comedy movies that came out, none of them screamed to me like, "Hey, you could be a uh, best picture," because I think they don't really know that, like, they don't take themselves seriously. Enough to say, hey, you know what? Just because I have a comedic script where there's, you know, dick and fart jokes does not mean that you can't be a contender for Oscar. I mean, how awesome is it going to be when we're watching the Oscars one day and all of a sudden you find that it's not a dramatic movie, it's not a dark comedy that wins, but it's a legit happy-go-lucky yeah. comedy that wins? I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be 
ecstatic yeah. when that happens. But again, we're thinking about this as just to think of best picture. We're talking again. We're thinking the best performance or the best movie of the year. Well, that's a different conversation. But that's that's not a different conversation. It is a different because there's a lot of winners who have won over the past years who have not been the best picture. Okay, but nevertheless, I'm not going to get in that conversation but here. You are, but you're choosing somebody to be among the rank of people. To get that award, so you know, if you're talking about like Will Ferrell, are you are you saying there have been performances where he deserves to be considered among the best actors of that year? Maybe closest I would say is Stranger Than Fiction. Yes. Okay. Real quick question. Um, last year, The Artist won Best yes. Picture. That was a that weird. Had, that, that was a very light it had comedic movie. elements yeah. for sure. The reason why it won was because it was a love letter, and yeah, yeah it wasn't to me. It wasn't the the best picture of the year, but it won because of that the love letter to the, the silent film. Amazing era. movie, I loved it. Oh, it was a brilliant it. movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I got really enthralled, like the part where he almost shoots himself. I'm like, no, don't do it. But I think there's been plenty of of comedies that have displayed great storytelling. Um, the Muppets. Most recently, you know, that one was, you know, it's a Muppet, sure, it's a Muppet movie, but I thought it was great storytelling. Simple, simple story? Mm-hmm. Sure. Good writing, too. But very Wait, time good. Time out. Would you guys, I really feel like the Muppets need to host the Oscars. They did, oh they, my God, they did host so the Oscars fun. once. No, 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 but I mean like the new Muppets. Like the new, new, new Muppets. Because when Eddie Murphy was bowed out before they got Crystal, there was a huge petition to have the Muppets come and actually host the Oscars. Here's the problem, though. This is a live telecast. You can't see the lower parts of their bodies. So are they going to have a table that they're in front of the whole time? They do of that. course. They do that when they do red carpet like events and stuff like that. They have a, a curtain, like a four-foot they high would, curtain. They would probably have to build a bigger stage. Like They'd have to add on to the stage for the, for the puppeteers to be underneath. They just wouldn't necessarily be right next to the performers, or if they do, it'll just be like Sesame yeah. Street, because the Muppets, sitting on the wall, you know? The Muppets movie that you're referring to made them three-dimensional. Like, they gave them legs. They made them shots where they were walking. Okay. Like, they made it look like they were full-on characters now, not just okay. below the waist, or above the waist, rather. Any more straight-up cock blocks that we want to discuss? That was a very graphic image. I don't know. Guy. I'm actually... I'm. I, let's talk about the ones that we're actually really pleased with. Um, very pleased with Anne Hathaway getting nominated for Best Supporting Actress. And Hugh Jackman. I think she's going to yeah. take about it this time. year. I really hope so. I think Anne Hathaway is a, a lovely actress. And her performance in Lame is... If you guys really want to hear my opinion about it, you should go to the blog, read my mm-hmm. review. But I'll just tell you. Um, her version of I Dreamed a Dream was... Brilliant. was really good. It was so good. Yeah. It was so good. I heard good. they did not cut away from her. Nope. The- no, they didn't cut away from her the entire time. And apparently they were recording that for hours. They were doing take after take after take after take. That poor woman. Well, oh no, the God. thing is, is she kept wanting to redo it. I think she they did the take like six times or something like that. And then by the sixth time they, and I just watched this on The Daily Show, but um, she said that by the sixth take... They were satisfied with it, but she wasn't. And then so Hooper was just like, well, okay, let's just try it this way. Let's try it this way. And like making her do all this stuff. And then they end up going with the sixth take anyway. (laughs) Yeah. And we've talked about it before, but the fact that that movie was done, that should get an award, an achievement award for just doing a musical with live singing. Yeah. You know, because. Difficult. So difficult. Difficult. Very experimental. But man, was it effective. Well, I mean, it's no different than having somebody have a live orchestra while they're doing a show in Broadway. I mean, it's a little bit more tailored down. I think you only have a pianist I think who's feeding into yeah. the, the, the earpiece. Yeah. So the interesting thing when you're doing live singing, though, and, and you're doing it in front of a camera, is the camera's really in your face. And so with stage, it's a little bit more forgiving as far as I think the level or like the the output of acting is different than when you're doing it on film. Right. And I think film lends itself more to subtlety. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then also when you're doing live singing as a singer, you need to contort your face, your mouth and in different motions to make it give the sound you want it to, to, to be. And it's and and having, because of that it looks bigger too. Yeah. And having a, a, a camera in your face while you're doing that, it's a little unsettling and a little kind of, yeah. Well, to be yeah. fair, the camera wasn't really in their face. Just the lenses they were using made it look like they were right. in their okay, face. Not, not, Actually, you know what Sarah, I'm saying. I'm just saying that there is personal space for the well, actor to do their thing. I know there's, the, I know there's personal space, <laughs> Brian. I'm not a dipshit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but I'm saying that knowing that it's going to be... Ooh, we got chili in here. Knowing it's going to be zoomed up in your face. Is that better? Fine. Okay. okay. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that concession. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Um, no, I do think that this is, I really, I have not seen Les Mis, but I feel as though this is Anne Hathaway's year. And also... And rightfully so. And I, I said it earlier, but I want to say it again. Uh, also, really, it's about time for Hugh Jackman, too, because he's yeah. done yeah. some really great work. This is his first, I think, super, super serious movie that he's done. This is his first Academy Award nomination. Yeah. Ever, yeah. Mm-hmm. And people who know him from doing Broadway and... Um, Wolverine. Wolverine, yeah, but people know he can sing because he's sang at the opening uh, ceremony uh, of the, when he hosted the Oscars a few years ago. Mm-hmm. That being said, though, I mean, he hit some notes that I didn't even think he could hit and did it while being totally in this moment of that character. Yeah. And, um, Hugh Jackman's boss, man. Yeah. It was, it was very good. Unbelievable. Like, truly unbelievable. Like, to me, of the best picture films I've, saw, I've seen, I will say, and again, I, I hate sounding like a critic on the show. But when I saw Zero Dark Thirty, I said, okay, this is definitely going to get nominated. To me, it felt like there was something missing. There was not something missing when I saw Les Mis. Mm. It definitely had a moment. It definitely had all the heart that a Best Picture winner should have. That's interesting because I think actually uh, Life of Pi actually, I think, struck me harder than Les Mis did. Life of Pi has a lot of heart, too. Oh, my so God. It punched yeah. you? Yes, it did. It yeah. hit me in the freaking face with yeah. stunning visuals, and I do have an affinity for the book, so um, yeah. I, I, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that one. I didn't see any of the nominations and think, "Oh my god, I'm so glad that that person or this thing got nominated." I am happy that Argo got nominated. Mm-hmm. I feel like Affleck does deserve recognition for what he put out because you know he did he got it back in '97 when they did you know Goodwill Hunting. And since then, he's been kind of a hit or miss with a lot of people. Here, I feel as though he's really hit his stride as a director. And I, I cannot agree. wait to see what he does next. I, yeah. I, am, I am thoroughly excited yeah. to see what he pulls off next. Um, and also, to give a shout-out to Bradley Cooper, who I've seen... Like, I don't want to say like I've seen him grow as a father. Well, we've but, seen him a lot. Well, we've seen him a lot, but I give him credit because he was on a TV show called Alias... And he had a, a two-bit part with Jennifer Garner, and he played, like, her pseudo-love interest. And I don't think anyone thought much of him. They just thought that he was just a, a TV character actor. And look where he's at now. I mean, yeah. he is choosing roles in the best way possible. When I first... Because the first major film that I can think of was Wedding Crashers. Mm-hmm. And he had one moment that was like, this dude's actually a really good actor. and I, I wouldn't be surprised. And it's a very simple moment. It's when he beats the crap out of Owen Wilson, and he says, you come near my girlfriend again, and I'm going to kill you. And he does it with this very straight-faced, looks him in the eye, very nonchalant, like total smolder, but so subtle. And then thinking, 
that's a really like that's an unusual choice for a comedy for like because usually you got like the bully like if you come here again I'm gonna fucking kill you or something like that. No, usually you choose go for the angry choice. Right. But because he went for just that, no, I'm just gonna I'm gonna kill you. You know, it's like good. this dude's got chopped exactly. He's really really good, and I really want to see Silver Linings Playbook just because of him. Yeah, and you De Niro, know? of course. I mean, I mean every movie I've seen Bradley Cooper, he was even good in um, he's just not that into you. And I remember watching that thinking like you're an asshole yeah <laughs> but i love yeah. you because you're an asshole i mean you're just a creep what was the movie that he was that he started in with the the magic pill oh, oh uh, limited uh, limited or, um, or limitless. limitless limitless with again robert de niro mm-hmm. that was a fun movie i think fun. I, he was good in it too i think i enjoyed him him the most out of all of that so i think bradley cooper after this award season is over with we are going to see him blow up even more even more so yeah because he's already been in like everything. <laughs> that is a busy guy. He works a lot. We're gonna see him a lot more at the Oscars. I feel. I think another one that I was actually really pleased with was uh, Joaquin Phoenix for The Master. That movie was a movie that was so good because of the performances. We'll see if he shows up. We'll see if he shows up. But either way, there's an article I read of of, of about five or ten actors and actresses who do not like the Oscars. Among the list, this was I found on Yahoo. Was Walking Phoenix Johnny Depp too? He was not on this list, but interesting. Okay. He doesn't like the Oscars. Well, he doesn't. He shows up when he's nominated. Out of respect, but he doesn't really find. He thinks film awards are stupid. Mm, okay. um, he doesn't need it to be validated as an actor. James Cromwell really does not like the Oscars. Michelle Rodriguez does not like the Oscars. Who else? Is oh, Anthony Hopkins does not like going to the Oscars. He does not like the Oscars. Hmm. According to the article, at least. Interesting. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to this season. Like I said, I'm three out. I've got quite a few more to watch. Cool. Um, We've got some time. we got some time. I do want to say this year is also a very interesting year because there's a record here because um, Emmanuel Riva is the oldest woman to be nominated for Best Actress. Yep. And uh, Kuvenzini Wallace is the youngest person oh. to be nominated for Best Actress. Oh, She's she? nine. Oh. Wait, so oh, we should oh, mention what um, movies they're Best in. Supporting. Those, that doesn't count. Okay. Yeah, this is Best Actress. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. Who, who, what movies are they in? Because I know, but the audience may not. Emmanuel Riva is in Amour. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Kuvenzani Wallace is in Beast of the Southern Wild. Gotcha. All right, very cool. Like, who were you thinking? Oh, um... In a pack one. No, um... Uh, what was the movie? Uh, I want Paper Moon? Tatum O'Neill? Tatum O'Neill, yeah, but that was supporting. Okay. Okay, yeah. okay anyway doesn't matter uh so yes we're very excited for the oscars we're going to be on oscar watch for the next few weeks um, and again please send your votes on either on facebook or to our general nerds Ooh, yeah tell email. us what, tell us what you're rooting for and tell us if you want us to do the live episode because yeah, i've gotten really some wanna, feedback we want to get your feedback before yeah. we actually do it so please far, let we've us gotten one person giving us a thumbs up well i've also gotten some <laughs> people who i know who listen to the show who say no <laughs> that's a awesome that's an awesome idea okay so let's count let's give it three votes at this point okay all right, three votes saying yes, do it. Nobody saying what are you guys idiots? Um, we might put a Facebook poll out there too. Why not? That's we'll, an just, idea. we'll just put it out to yeah. all, and then we'll we'll compile them. We'll hit every sensory level. <laughs> exactly. So again, if you guys want to take up our challenge that we posed for you, you can go to our blog at nerdonomy.com. If you guys want to reach us, you can find me yes on Twitter. Finally, <sighs> it's uh, at Sarah Ash. One six. I am at David C. McGuire. And I am at Brian Moriarty. And you can also reach us at our general feed at Nerdonomy. And, you know, this is a slightly bittersweet episode because David's going to have to um, take a break from the show for a little bit. Would you care to share with, yeah, with yeah, us yeah. about that? Um, so 
I was given an opportunity to uh, direct a short film that I had written, and um, nothing, <laughs> nothing major. Um, I wish, but it does help with my own personal directing reel, and so uh, the opportunity came and I seized. Uh, so I will be absent for a good couple months here. Have no fear, uh, nerds. You will still have Brian. You will still have Sarah. And, of course, we will have our continuing awesome guests such as Eric, Kevin, and maybe even others that are not even on the uh, the radar yet. Yeah, well, we will we will have guest hosts. In fact, um, first one will be my good old friend and brother, Sean. Sean Ooh. and I will be the next people up. Yeah, the, the next episode will be very special. Um, I actually won't be here for the next yeah. episode since I'll be in Disneyland. That's suckers. right, guys. You're going to get a Moriarty Brothers episode. Yeah, what? just the two of them. Not one. It'll be great. We can hear two. them argue for like an hour. <laughs> be wonderful, but David, you will be missed here on the show. Keep my seat warm. Good we riddance. Will. Good. Wow. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, like the the door is always open out, but it's not always open back. In I guess not. <laughs> um, yeah. So and, I, I and do. You, know you can always like come back if you're bored and yeah. chime in with a blog post here and there. Yeah. So I uh, I will be keeping a blog of what's going on. Apparently, I need to uh, you know watch it for typos and proofread. But I will be back. Uh, at some point, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to let you guys know this is my last episode for a while, but I will yeah. return, as James Bond does frequently. Did you just equate yourself to James Bond? Well, I'm just going with the you whole... Are not that James cool. Bond will return. How about Machete? Will we do that? Machete. Not cool to be Machete, machete either. Machete. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I will return like that regular that comes to the Taco Bell drive-thru. Sure, sure. <laughs> so uh, with that, we'll see you guys next time. Absolutely. Bye. And roll credits. Mm-hmm.